0: Welcome to this podcast. It's part of the Queen's University Belfast series, Shaping a Better World. And today we're looking at the Institute of Research Excellence for Advanced Clinical Healthcare, iReach, which is a part of the Belfast Region City Deal and finding out what it means to business and to people here, how City Deal is boosting innovation in the region, building on Northern Ireland's distinctive data assets and research strengths, and providing an injection of capital funding as we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic. How it will ensure sustainability in the life health science sector. How advances in data and overhaul of patient records and indeed disruption caused by COVID and Brexit and other things creates an opportunity that iReach is hoping to catalyse and capitalise on. And also how it will drive economic growth and ultimately deliver better health and wellbeing outcomes to people here in Northern Ireland. So we've a great panel here with us today. May I introduce Professor Judy Bradley, who's Director of the Wellcome Trust, Wolfson Northern Ireland Clinical Research Facility at Queen's University in Belfast. She's iReach User Lead. Professor Stuart Elborn, Pro-Vice-Chancellor, Faculty of Medicine, Health and Life Sciences at Queen's, also iReach User Lead. Dr. Aidan Flynn, who's CEO of Belfast-based statistical and data analytics company Exploristics Limited. He'll tell us more about that shortly. And Dr. Michael Quinn, clinical lecturer in medical informatics and consultant in acute internal medicine at the Centre for Public Health at Queen's University. So you're all very welcome. And I must say, I'm looking forward to hearing what you all have to say. Um, Stuart, as Uh, One of the uh, iReach user leads, can you give us an introduction to iReach and tell us really what it's all about? Uh,
1: Thanks, Wendy. Uh, Yes, this is a really exciting development that uh, is part of a journey that we've been on for a a number of years uh, in uh, Queen's, in the health service uh, and with the wider public uh, and with industrial partners to really bring increased efficiency to uh, developing new treatments uh, for people uh, with diseases. Uh, The development of a drug is, is quite complex and takes a long time. And one of the lessons we've learned during the COVID pandemic is that we can actually do this much quicker and iReach will give us uh, an infrastructure to bring together uh, the the clinical players, the academics, the companies involved uh, and and people uh, so that we can do clinical trials and get these treatments uh, through to those who need them uh, much more quickly. So there are real benefits uh, for public health, uh, for personal health uh, and also an opportunity to develop Uh, the health and life sciences sector in Northern Ireland, uh, which will uh, not only deliver uh, better trials, but but bring jobs and uh, really contribute to the economy uh, in a very positive way.
0: Stuart, you mentioned COVID there. And Judy, I know that um, as co-leader of the Northern Ireland Clinical Research Network, that the respiratory health and critical care cluster uh, was very much involved in the urgent public health COVID trials. What about the successes of that and and how uh, you
2: hope that we can build on that for the future? Thank you. There were really many successes in terms of how we delivered clinical trials and also the impact that these trials had on the direct care of patients with COVID. So early in the pandemic, as we all knew, there were no treatments for COVID, um, but our success in Northern Ireland can be attributed to really how quickly We got these trials through regulatory approvals and got them open throughout all our hospitals in Northern Ireland, which meant for our patients, they could access treatment within clinical trials early um, within the pandemic. There were also other successes. The adaptive clinical designs used in these trials allowed us to explore a range of drug treatments when enough patients were recruited into specific arms or groups in these trials, then effective drugs were approved and made available within the NHS. And just as importantly, when drugs were shown to be not effective, then they could be removed from the NHS. You mentioned urgent public health, and you're correct to ensure the best use of NHS resources for clinical research right throughout the UK. NIHR established a single UK-wide process to prioritise COVID-19 research as urgent public health. Myself and some others in Northern Ireland were key parts of this urgent public health group, Um, and we met two to three times weekly to prioritise studies. Um, This group really directed for the whole of the UK which trials should be prioritised, and it meant that the whole of the UK worked together to deliver clinical trials For us here in Northern Ireland, it meant that we paused all our non-urgent research portfolios to focus our fairly limited resources in delivering clinical trials. So we did very well in terms of the trials we delivered, um, but it wasn't all so good in Northern Ireland. We only opened a proportion of trials available um, in the UK. Um, And discussion with the research leads throughout or Northern Ireland, um, indicated that there was two key reasons for this, our lack of infrastructure and also our lack of ability to unlock, unlock data in Northern Ireland. So as we move forward with iReach, we really need to focus on building our capabilities and, um, in our ecosystem to build efficiencies in our capacity to attract and deliver world-leading research in the future.
0: I suppose one of the things that that people who aren't involved in these fields. Well, w- w- for a start, we weren't aware uh, of the fact that Northern Ireland was so deeply involved in, in the whole trialing business uh, during COVID. But also I think it's hard for us to grasp this whole business about um, informatics and data and analytics and all of that sort of stuff. Um Michael, I had no idea that there was such a thing as medical informatics, to be absolutely honest with you. Um, so <laughs> I suppose it does make sense. Uh, but maybe, you know, you could expand on that a bit for us and, and, and paint a picture of, of where it sits within all of this.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, data is, you know, I think most people will start to work out at the stage of sort of becoming like the new oil people describe it as. Um, so actually what Judy described happened, the data accelerated in its use in healthcare in Northern Ireland through COVID. I think it's the first time we've ever had a live public dashboard that everybody was looking at every five minutes going, what's happening with COVID today? But that took us a large change in the way that we normally function to get that to work. Um, So medical informatics and understanding how information travels across the healthcare system is the key to all of this, I think, in the future. So every time we interact with a clinician, whether it be me in the Royal or your GP or a nurse practitioner or your midwife who comes to see you in the community, those pieces of information get centralised and pulled and put somewhere and they're tagged with little pieces of information which tells us what happened to you at that time and if we add up all those little pieces of information then we have the ability to see your journey through healthcare and if we understand your journey then in due course we can predict what will happen to you at certain points if you follow other people's patterns. So a really good example of that might be looking at how people with COVID Come into hospital how often they spent there how long did they spend in icu how long did they take to come out and what we realized really quickly and we're seeing it again now is these citizens and patients who are affected by COVID, they're here for a long time they're in icu for three or four weeks sometimes and then they're in hospital for two or three weeks afterwards and then at the end they often come back and later on to see us with an associated condition that they previously didn't know was happening and this information this Ability to understand those disease points is critical for research because in the future, if we want to go back, and I think a great example might be long COVID, if we know all the people who've suffered from COVID, we have a positive test that says you had COVID, um, then we can look in the future and see did COVID affect you over years to come, over months to come? What are your mental health effects of having COVID? What is your effect on your ability to hold down a job or claim different benefits from the system? in the longer term all research has to be based on some understanding of where your research takes place i think that's the bit that iReach really tries to achieve instead of doing what we normally do which is a randomized controlled trial where we take people out of an environment put them in a segregated trial environment in the future with things like iReach you can do these trials in a less sort of aggressive way and follow people up over time using their data points um the way that we collect in normal healthcare to work out what actually happened to them. And that's more useful for an economy, it's more useful for the government. And for me, which is my primary purpose, you know, I still look after sick people is patients. So I want my patients to benefit from clinical trials, because they get better care. Um, so we have to work out how to uh, involve informatics, much more medicine, because you're right, Wendy, lots of people don't appreciate that it's, I think I'm the first informatician queens have ever appointed as a clinician. So um, there needs to be, you know, a whole lot more of me. And Stuart knows that because I keep an eye on him, suggesting someone.
0: <laughs> well, Aidan, this must be uh, kind of meat and potatoes to you. I mean, that's very much what your company Exploristics is, is involved in, isn't it? Analytics and um, statistical analysis, data and so on. So iReach, how exciting a prospect is that for
4: for you? It's it's really exciting, uh, Wendy. the um, you know, as the others have said, it's going to create uh, a lot of opportunities for companies like us to collaborate with other organizations in Northern Ireland, getting access to uh, to data to help inform the development of, of new treatments. Uh, for us, it also gives us access to talent. You know, one of the big issues that we find in our industry right now is you know, the number of um, graduates coming through, particularly with the types of data skills that we really need and being able to get in there earlier and I guess expose students to the types of careers that are out there in the real world will help us pull um, some of that talent through and bring them into data sciences.
0: And. Uh... In one of the other podcasts that we've done about uh, the Belfast Regional City Deal, there was a lot of talk about uh, about becoming a really a kind of leading part of all of this. Is that a possibility for us here in Northern Ireland, given um, some of the elements that that Judy and that uh, that Michael have been talking about? You know that that we can really grasp this and uh, and get to the forefront of this this whole business.
4: I think that, that for sure, uh, a lot of the uh, pieces are uh, in place um, for us to become a, a, a global player. Uh, and it, it really is a case of trying to knit that uh, together. You know, I think we we often talk about uh, artificial intelligence and um, the, the, the role that that, uh, that plays. But I think first, you need to really think about uh, data quality and and michael has uh, sort of referred to that you know you, you can't really think about advances in data science and uh, and artificial intelligence without first getting your data quality uh, in place and that goes right from you know planning and designing experiments and clinical trials before you even collect any data you want to make sure that you're designing the right study to the data collection the preparation the cleaning the analysis um the uh, interpretation and how you visualize those results right through to thinking about well how might you reuse the data uh, in the future and i think you get all of those pieces in place and you have a a robust repeatable uh, set of processes then you can start to layer on top of that some of the artificial intelligence or machine uh, learning you know and I think there are some great examples where things like AI have really um, helped, uh, but they tend to be focused more on imaging type of applications, you know, using CT or MRI. And there's a good reason, I think, why those have been a success. Uh, And it's because we've been able to sort out the data collection and the data preparation piece. We do have very robust reproducible ways of collecting data from uh, different imaging um, platforms and that's why when you layer on artificial intelligence on top of those you know you really get to success so getting the data right first uh, is a key Mm -hmm. and I think iReach will allow
1: us to do that
0: Stuart I think you wanted to come in there
1: yes I absolutely agree with with what we've been discussing here, that, that the ultimate sort of real world evidence for new interventions, new ways of treating people is really important. But iReach will also be a world leader at, at the front end of clinical trials, which is uh, developing new drugs and exposing patients early to those to make sure the drugs are safe and make sure that they uh, have the, the mechanism of action that we anticipate. And it's not only treatments, but it's also uh, diagnostic tests. Increasingly, uh, in precision medicine, uh, a treatment is associated with a test that tells you uh, that this person is much more likely than, than the average person, let's say, to to respond to a particular treatment. And in those early phase clinical trials, we'll be working with Celerion, who uh, are a, an established company in Belfast, uh, who will be, be part of the infrastructure and really lead on that early phase of bringing new therapies from international pharma companies, but also from discoveries that we make uh, in the universities and in, in, in other parts of Northern Ireland so that we can do that, again, efficiently and rapidly. And uh, accelerate uh, the development of new treatments uh, through to people.
0: Oh, um, Michael, you wanted to come in there, I think.
3: Yeah, it's just a follow up on Ian's, um, you know, description of the, the the requirement for codified information, which is really key to all of this. And um, I think there's a, probably an assumption in the population, rightly so, that we collect this information in a logical way. We tend not to. Um, <laughs> This is all come, you know, it's still doctors writing with pens necessarily in most parts in Northern Ireland. Um, And that's all about to change quite soon, which is what I was going to reflect on. People now have got used to COVID when we were booking things on apps and doing our vaccines on apps. And we're used to that clinical interaction on a piece of technology. And Northern Ireland has procured an electronic medical record for the next decade. And the program's called Encompass, which is run by the Department of Health and the digital health and care system in in the board. And that will give everybody access to a digital platform in which they can have all their clinical care recorded and codified. And the really important point, and it's really important for iReach, is that those clinical interactions are codified at the time that they happen. So you don't have to wait for somebody to go back and code that information. If I go into hospital with pneumonia, the system knows I've got pneumonia, and then I can be available for a clinical trial. And the more interesting part, I think, for the citizens, the wider part is that, We all get a little app on our phone, or we can look after our children or our elderly relatives app. Um, It's a thing called MyChart. And in MyChart, you have access to being available for clinical trials or not to be available for clinical trials. So this is a new type of way that can we reach out to our our citizens and make them understand that they can be involved directly in research, um, which is something that we've you know, we haven't really been able to do before um, but I think it's something that we really have to we want people to actively want to be involved in research.
0: It's interesting And Judy, I know that there are plans to provide a hospital setting for undertaking clinical trials I mean, what, what does that involve and what will be the benefits of that to people here in Northern Ireland?
2: Well uh, Wendy, first and foremost I think it's important that we recognise the increase in evidence that hospitals that um, offer patients clinical trials have better outcomes in terms of mortality, in terms of how their patients interact with the clinical specialties. And what it will mean is there'll be an expansion and doubling of the current clinical research facilities we have available in the Belfast um, city region. And that for the citizens of Northern Ireland will significantly increase the complexity and the volume of clinical trials we can support. And really for the population of Northern Ireland, this means better access to those clinical trials, as Stuart said, diagnostic clinical trials, new innovative therapies and new technologies that aren't yet available in the, in the NHS. So iReach and the development of the iReach ecosystem will really help unlock the potential to deliver trials and make it available um, to your citizens of Northern Ireland. And.
0: Industry obviously needs uh, to be able to to key into all of this, and we've heard about companies that that are involved already, health service partners, connections need to to be made to other innovative biotech and health data companies. How will iReach facilitate that, Judy?
2: Um, It'll facilitate that in lots of ways, Wendy. We we saw through um, COVID how we were able to work together within the research infrastructure. Um, work through regulatory approvals really quickly. And now we want to deliver that within iReach. So iReach will modernize our facilities. It will create a whole integrated health research infrastructure. It'll provide increased space in a hospital setting um, to attract and deliver clinical trials. Importantly, it will co-locate our academic expertise with our research intensity, with our NHS resources. Um, It'll also um, support industry to navigate through clinical trial governance and regulatory um, approval. And that will really expedite the the regulatory approvals, the setup, the delivery of clinical trials, the recruitment of patients to clinical trials. So for industry, it'll provide a single access point to your whole health and life sciences research industry in Northern Ireland um, and create an integrated Whole integrated systems for industry um, to bring their trials to Northern Ireland.
1: I'm uh, sure. we, yes, Wendy, I was, I was going to jump in there and just say that that the the traditional kind of companies involved in healthcare are changing. Um, Amazon, Google, Apple now have huge parts of their organisations that are trying to understand how to deliver healthcare in this digital uh, context and. Uh, Working with other parts of the city deal, the Global Innovation Institute, uh, uh, the Centre for Healthcare Technology, Uh, we'll be joining up with the other parts of of the Belfast Region city deal. in that technology space, but also with the advanced manufacturing team, uh, thinking about how do we actually develop the diagnostic tests and the new therapies from a manufacturing point of view, so that that Northern Ireland becomes uh, a, a kind of place to come to Uh, across a number of the challenges that uh, our colleagues in industry will have and the support of of Aidan and his team with with that uh, analytics and design experience uh, with Solerion and their ability to do the early phase clinical trials. We hope that this will uh, make Northern Ireland uh, one of the um, key places to come in developing uh, new ways of treating people.
0: For a company like yours, Aidan, in, in this whole uh, ecostructure, if that's really what we're developing here. I mean, how important is, is that innovation and how important are those advances in data science and AI uh, for, for you and for other companies that uh, and organizations that you may then end up collaborating with?
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's extremely important. Uh, you know, we are living in a very rapidly changing world where data is at the heart of it and you know it's it's really innovate or or die um because you know in a changing world you have to uh, adapt and adopt new technology um being innovative allows you to maintain a competitive advantage it it allows you to offer you know differentiated products and on uh, services so from that perspective, it's really important to um, uh, to be involved in the likes of uh, likes of iReach. Um, I would say as well, the life sciences industry and particularly uh, late stage clinical development um, has been quite risk averse. Um, it uh, you know it is bounded by lots of regulation. It is very process driven and i think as a as an industry um we've perhaps stopped asking why you know um uh, i think there've been certain ways of doing things and it's been an accepted way of doing things with how clinical trials are conducted and the last couple of years i think we've started again to ask well, well why do we do things that way and i think the pandemic has shown that it is possible to change how we do things, to do things much more quickly than we had done before. You know, running a sixty thousand patient vaccine uh, trial might have taken five years before, but you know, over the course of the pandemic, it was done within uh, within a year. You know, um, so I think we're in a position now where the industry is open to um, trying out new things, and that's certainly going to help companies uh, like us. But I think I reach the timing is is perfect there because there's a very receptive market around, you know, how do we do things differently and and just you know starting with that why um, question. So moving from why to the how.
0: That's that's very interesting, and I I wonder Stuart. I mean, one of the crucial elements in all of this has got to be that the public need to engage, don't they? Um, and there are sectors of the public who have looked at at what Aidan's talking about there at the you know the massive clinical trials that went through very quickly last year and you know as a result of which you know many of us have had two or even uh, three uh, shots of of a vaccine but then there are the other sceptics aren't there uh, how how do you deal with a public that is maybe concerned about how its data is going to be used. It's concerned about who knows what about them, how that's going to affect the rest of their lives, perhaps. I mean, there's a bit of a public relations uh, campaign to to go on here as well, isn't there?
1: Uh, Absolutely correct. And um, there are some issues that that we still need to sort out in terms of legislation in Northern Ireland to bring us up to speed with with other parts of, of these islands. But most importantly, we need to engage with the citizens of Northern Ireland uh, to to make sure we have their understanding and their permission to to use data for the public good uh, and for development of new therapies, new diagnostics and and new technologies. Uh, The Department uh, of Health is is engaged in this and, and other parts of government uh, because I think this this conversation around how we use data is not not just around health data, although I think that 's the one that everybody gets probably the most uh, excited about um, but for me the the understanding of you know the, the the way people behave in terms of exercise what what their diet and nutrition is those are all part of health, and I think we 've learned from from covid that um that this is all joined together and the opportunities around data will help us understand you know the health impacts uh, of uh, of poverty uh, of uh, of being marginalized of uh, some of the, the the areas that that became clear as as health risks and then give us the opportunity to intervene and see what the outcomes are and and I think that's a that's a a really exciting part of this that uh, the, the public health will benefit uh, as well as, as uh, more conventional pharmaceutical or diagnostic uh, tests. But we need the public's permission to do this uh, and we need people to be able to opt in or opt out. Uh, and we need to understand their anxieties uh, and concerns around this so that we, we do this together. We have worked with a, a group called One London who have been through this exercise in London. And it's been really interesting that the public, when you actually have those conversations, are, are much less risk-averse than our politicians and civil servants. Uh, the public get this uh, because they, they understand that, 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 that data is for their good if it's looked after carefully, uh, if it's well-governanced. Uh, and it's really important that over the next... Uh, Twelve to eighteen months, we really have that conversation uh, in detail. Uh, Michael's been involved in in some of those conversations already, and and uh, Michael, maybe you would want to add to that in terms of um, your experience and, and what's uh, planned over the next number of months.
3: Sure, Stuart. Thank you. Look, I, I think that there is a, a pathway now in place for how do we manage this uh, problem, which Stuart has quite clearly articulated. Um, the way to deal with this problem is to put citizens and public in the center of the conversation. Um, you know, that's how consent works in healthcare and that's how it should work with data. You know, we're all used to our cookies popping up on our email pages. Health is no different. We have to decide how we use our healthcare different, our data. So over COVID, I was involved in the Healthcare Data Research UK acting as the senior responsible officer for Northern Ireland to try and get our data used in vaccine trials. Um, and that was an interesting environment because HDR UK Realize that we need to have this conversation and um, so one of our uh, key staff uh, Francis Burns within Queen's who works for HDR UK has started a, 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 a public data panel which will be trialled over the next few months working towards the secondary use legislation that Northern Ireland needs to pass. It's the only part of the UK that does not have secondary use legislation and it is incredibly important not just for research but for actual normal day care. There are certain things that we do in normal care that we can't compare to our UK colleagues because we don't have the ability legally to transfer the data to allow that comparison to happen. Now, that makes no sense to anybody, really. It's just one of these things that happens because of Northern Ireland's lack of an assembly for three years and a little bit of inertia that's occurred. Um, but it's not really acceptable anymore, and we just have to push to try and make it past that. But I think that leads us on to a more, as Stuarts quite actively described. A sort of an active epidemiology, which is a term I've just sort of made up there, but I think it sort of makes the idea where we have to reach out to our population, find the gaps, because we've got too many waiting lists. We've got not enough services defined to people who need those services. So we have to be very careful how we spend the money. Um, and as we start recording how we spend the money better with better data sets, then we know which populations to serve better. And um, so in a way the research becomes, you know, it's not just about research, it's about delivering care better now. Um, as well as doing clinical trials, but actually allowing us to survive as a healthcare environment because at the minute it's very difficult. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we need to get across to our citizens. This is a core part of our normal business. Uh, this is what we need to do to make sure that we care for you best.
0: Is it uh, How much more important is it to get it across to our citizens than to our legislators? If, if a big part of the problem is that the legislation isn't there um, the active epidemiology needs to be banging on their doors, doesn't it?
3: Well, I sort of have made that term up, and I'm not quite sure whether I should have, but I, <laughs> I quite like it. And this, I, I've written to the to the uh, the health committee um, on behalf of my boss and my previous job working for the Health and Social Care Board, explaining this issue to them. So they're well aware of the requirement to get this legislation through, and they are supportive of that. But like every politician, I think they are always aware of what you've described, Wendy, the possibility of people going, "Well, what are you going to do with our data?" And, and there's nothing wrong with asking that question. It's a totally reasonable question. I think the, the, the onus is on us as a healthcare environment to say, well, if you don't want to use your data for these things, then we don't have to do that. That's fine. But there's a consequence to that. Then you won't be involved in these active trials that could be better for you. Um, but we're having that debate at the minute with vaccines, so I think we're well used to that conversation
0: yeah that's true isn't it um w- one of the other elements in all of this of course is is the financial element and that's a very important part of the belfast region city deal it's it's that um uh, financial injection that that's going in uh, to to the to the whole region in, th- in this range of ways r&d um has traditionally been uh, a much lower spend here in northern ireland than than in the rest of the UK, um, 12 million for uh, for our population, compared to 42 million in Wales, which only has a million more people, really. Um, for Northern Ireland's economic prosperity, and for companies like yours, Aidan, and, and for other employers here, um, how vital is this?
4: It's critical, uh, Wendy. Uh, you know, I have been... Um, fortunate enough to go on uh, at trade missions over to the uh, US, along with other uh, companies from Northern Ireland. And the the level of creativity and innovation that happens here uh, is incredible. And we should be supporting that, um, that much more. You know, when you are able to compare and contrast the innovation that happens in Northern Ireland versus what's happening in, in San Francisco, you know, we, we really, uh, compare very well when we're able to get access to funding and i think about even my my own journey you know as as a founder of a company you know what what we're often asking founders to do is to give up a full-time job uh you know not uh not get paid for quite a prolonged uh, period of time to 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 kind of generate the evidence that you need to Demonstrate that your idea is is viable, and for a lot of people, that is just too big an ask. They're not prepared to take that risk. So a lot of those ideas, a lot of those innovations, don't go anywhere because there isn't the funding available.
0: Yeah, and uh, money is going to come into everything in in the next while as well, isn't it? I mean, Judy, with with the the pressure on healthcare budgets to deliver standard healthcare. What role do you think that iReach will be able to play in the future of, of UK clinical research delivery?
2: Yeah, I, I think by the iReach will give us the whole infrastructure in terms of the, the space and the facilities um, to attract industry into Northern Ireland and to make clinical trials accessible to our, our citizens of Northern Ireland. So we'll be able to work with their industry partners like Eaton and Exploristics as well as um, industry partners such as Solarium um, and be able to attract clinical trials into Northern Ireland and then the economic growth that that will um, incur in Northern Ireland will be good.
0: What's the scale Stuart, of this? I mean when would you be hoping that, that, that businesses here and that the public would be able to to see something concrete not not literally concrete but to 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 see progress here well,
1: that, that that's the perfect question uh Wendy because the concrete will come around uh 2025 but w- we've started already uh actually preparing these business cases uh which is uh, really just uh consolidated and and amplified the relationships we have with partners in health and social care Department of Health with our our industry partners, Uh, that's really got us going. And we're already, um, for example, uh, Judy and myself and Aidan are uh, recruiting a a PhD student to to work across this space. We're developing a a, a master's in, in digital health. Uh, so we're we're starting with that training that that Aidan mentioned earlier, which is critical because we need the people to do, to be able to deliver this in time. Uh, but the universities are also investing in, in terms of their strategic appointments uh, to ensure that we've got the academic support around this so we're we're just putting together a, a proposition for a professor of digital health uh, that will uh, provide some academic leadership uh, in this space and the other parts of city deal are, are doing similarly so. The business is starting now with the people, Uh, we want to bring the ecosystem together in terms of governance and the clinical trials delivery, add to that uh, through our uh, opportunities with our industrial partners and invest as universities and healthcare uh, in uh, making the the, the time and the space and the people available uh, to really drive this innovation.
0: It's fascinating stuff. Judy, I'm just going to give you the last word there. I see you've you got
2: your hand up. Yeah, so I just wanted to add to what Stuart was saying in our stakeholder engagement, Wendy. One of the key barriers to attracting industry to Northern Ireland was our very lengthy setup and governance processes. So the iReach is an infrastructure build, and we have been working hard already in putting together systems to centralise the whole of Um, research governance throughout Northern Ireland so it'll make it much easier for industry um, to come to Northern Ireland and for us to set up and deliver their clinical trials. It's fascinating thank you all so much for talking about iReach today I really
0: enjoyed our conversation uh, and I think it's been really interesting and informative and great to, to meet you all as well. My thanks to Stuart to Judy to Aidan and to Michael, and this podcast is part of the Queen's University series, Shaping a Better World. Today, we've been looking at the Institute of Research Excellence for Advanced Clinical Healthcare, iReach, a project of the Belfast Region City Deal. I hope you can join us the next time and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast.
4: Many thanks to our host, Wendy Austin, For more in this series, subscribe to Queen's University Belfast Shaping a Better World podcast on all the main podcast platforms.